Welcome to Between Two Chairs, Demystifying Commercial Real Estate, the podcast that brings you the latest insights and trends on the South Florida commercial real estate market with your hosts, Fernando Arencibia Jr. and Jennifer Wolman. In each episode, we dive into the world of commercial real estate and break down complex concepts to make them accessible for everyone. Whether you're a real estate professional, a curious investor, or just interested in the South Florida market in general, Between Two Chairs is the podcast for you. So pull up a chair and join us. That is awesome. Uh, I had to do that. You know, I went on a run. Yeah. What can I tell you? I get these ideas when I go I on runs. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Between Two Chairs. Uh, my name is Fernando Arencibia. Thank you guys for joining us. And as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, the incomparable Jennifer Woman. Jennifer, say hi. Hi. So today we're taking a different... Uh, take on our kindergarten <laughs> episode on our kindergarten series and we took a little blurb from Sesame Street and we're going to talk about the letter P. Mm. We're not obsessing over pizza in this episode because you and I got our fill from Willie's Pizza at Juno Beach. Oh my god, I ate pizza for like a week <laughs> and a half last week on our way back from Orlando. So do you know where I'm going with this? With I, I, I think I may. I think I have an you idea. Have an idea. That's but now the problem is that now you made me hungry. <laughs> And I didn't bring cookies because I know you and I tried to behave when we're not yeah. on, at conferences. Or We were at an Avanti Way mastermind event last week. That's right. Uh, was it last week? Yeah. Reserve Paddle at the Miami Seaplane Base on Watson Island. And oh my goodness, if you guys are from Miami and have a chance to go by this spot, it's amazing yeah. on Watson Island. It's absolutely beautiful. We have views of downtown Miami and we're directly across from Port Miami and it was actually uh, absolutely gorgeous. We were there with Avantiway top agents, which were those agents making over 100,000 or more a year in commissions and talking about setting goals and, and everything else to get started for the new year. And you said something about the real estate business and it stuck with me and I immediately said podcast episode and it was all about how real estate is pretty basic and it comes down to the three P's. Right. Three P's. That's yeah. it. How simple. So I think everybody needs a little perspective when they're doing their planning for the year. This is really not something that's specific to real estate. This is specific to small businesses mm -hmm. and the growth of those small businesses. To many of you, when I say it, you're gonna recognize where it is from and where you've heard it before. But the th three Ps under which everything should be focused on, especially surrounding business planning for the year, is people, processes, and product. 
shout out to Marcus Lamonis from the show The Prophet. This is something that he repeated uh, consistently throughout the show. I had heard it before, but it was, you know, a way to really focus it. And one of the reasons why we gravitate to that is because, number one, we love the rules of the rule of threes. Right. 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 Your goals should be set up in threes. And throughout my life in in real estate, you know, I've always considered that to be more of an approach for brick and mortar type of businesses, right? Because the thing that always confuses people is the product part of it. In real estate, we can focus on on the people, we can process, we can talk about processes, right? And focus on that. But the product is the one factor that a lot of people don't understand because we are not, we don't create widgets, right? They're not created in, in, a, in a manufacturing center and then we sell them. In this case, when I talk about product, I talk about hyper-local knowledge of your market and how important that is. So those are the three Ps and they're incredibly important in how, it informs you as a business owner in every aspect of your business, in your marketing, in the way that you reach out, in the way that you execute. How do you want to break this down in regards to the three piece? I think it's interesting that you put the product as hyper-local knowledge of your market. So I, when when you said it, I, for, from the real estate perspective, I changed that into people planning and property. So just in my brain, like to me, that's how I... I stacked it up. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun. So I, I like this. So we we have three different P's. Right. Right. So, so tell me yours again is, is people, people. Right. Planning. Planning. And property. Okay. All right. And so they, they probably are the same, right? People are... Um, well, people are people. People are people. And, right. Well, people are people, but again. People are people, so what could it be? <laughs> but I mean, there's there's so many people involved in a transaction, right? So for me, the people part is not necessarily who you're dealing with and who's involved, because that's going to be pretty obvious. But it's the relationships you have with all of the different people yeah, and managing each of their expectations during... A yeah. transaction. Well, I, I, Jennifer, I don't think it's a surprise that both of us have people at the top of the list, right? Correct. We, you know, we always talk about the fact that this is a people business. And I think that ultimately, any small business owner is always in the people business one way or the other, Correct. right? No matter how you interact with that sphere, this is your, your client, this is your database. It has to be at the top of the list and it's incredibly important. And a lot of it has to do with what is your ultimate goal in your business and I believe that a big part of it is building long-term relationships, right? And, Correct. And, and sometimes building long-term relationships doesn't mean, like for a brick and mortar store or, or a national or, or a very powerful brand, when you create that relationship through the way that you interact with that consumer, whether you know them personally or not, is a big factor of, of everything that you do. Well, and if you don't know them, so one of the conferences we were at talked about the cost of acquisition. So for online, the cost of acquisition is very, very high, mm -hmm. much higher than it is for brick and mortar if you're talking about the retail side. So I thought that was a really interesting factor. And I think that that plays in real estate because right. so much emphasis is put on social media, right. no doubt super, super important to get your name out there, to get reviews, to share knowledge, super, super important. But if you're trying to acquire customers that way, right, 
it's a lot more expensive and a lot harder and takes a lot longer. For me, I find that uh, both you and I are kindred spirits when it comes that we both focus on working by referral. The first P in both of our list is people. And part of that is because therein lies what is our number one goal, which is that we want to we want to develop lifelong relationships with people that um, appreciate and value our work to the point that they are not only willing but excited to recommend us to someone because they know that we can fill a need, solve a problem, and execute. And, and that so, we're fun. And <laughs> there you go. Well, that's <laughs> throw that in there. I mean, that's a part of it. Yeah. That's a part of it. And as as we go through all the other P's, you're gonna notice. I at least for me, that everything feeds back into the people aspect of it, and that's why it's very important. Now, the other side of this, which is the side that really Marcus Lemonis was uh, focusing on on profit, is do you have the re the right people at your workplace to execute. So it is all of those people that are supporting your endeavors, right? And having the right the right people that are in the room. You and I talk about that all the yeah, time. Yeah, we talk about that all you the know? time. Having the right team on your deal making, correct. Right. Having the right people working with you, exactly. Exactly. So that, that becomes a big part of how you evaluate a business. And we wanna build a business that scales. And a lot of people, when they get into this industry and their agents, they focus on the here and now. Sometimes it's good to focus with the mindset of the, the end in sight, right? And what's the end in sight is that you want a business that is scalable and where you have options for an exit plan in the future. And so the, the lifeblood of your business is really in that database. Mm -hmm. and, and to your point about co consumer acquisition, here's what's really interesting about our industry. As an agent and as a broker, you have two points of sale. You know, one of them is that I have to convince someone that either owns a property or is gonna buy a property or is gonna lease for their own personal use or for their professional use. I have to convince them that I'm the right person for the job. The second point of sale, it's actually doing the job, right? It's executing and it's making it happening. It's either coming to the realization of the acquisition or the leasing of the space or the sale and making that a reality. And the broker gets paid last, right? So we go through all this process. So once you're able to deliver for the client, it's imperative and important for you to continue to nurture that relationship for years to come. Because then as you work by referral, it lowers your acquisition cost for consumer but more importantly you remove one of the two points of sale right right and now it becomes more about your know-how of the market your know-how of the processes and your ability to execute and it just makes you that much sharper as a professional when you're able to create um, economies of scale as you're growing your business okay so that's the people side what's the process side for you the the process side for me is we can all do one deal and do everything that is important to execute in that deal right i i think if you get all of the agents and you get all of the experience and you tell them you you got to focus on this deal but you can't rely on anybody else you can do every aspect of that deal from the consumer acquisition to the finding the property negotiating a contract getting it under contract you know going through the due diligence process dealing with any effects of that due diligence inspection and then going to the end to going all the way towards the end and being able to close the transaction but what happens is that if you do all those parts by yourself that is not scalable 
when you're dealing with 10, 15, 20 clients, 75, 100, right? And so the process is, is the way in which, number one, you want to create efficiencies, right? And number two, you want to create things that are consistent. Consistency is the key. So for me, the focus on processes is about how can I create a consistent experience for the people that I'm serving. So going back to the planning, when we plan, this is a big part of it, which is if I just make a goal and say I want to double my business, but I don't build the infrastructure in order for that to scale, then I'm setting myself up for failure. So I think that that becomes a huge component of where you want to take your business to. I think there's another aspect of this. It's no fun to have to do everything on your own, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Bringing people into the fold, the collaborating aspect of it, the working together is another aspect of, you know, bringing joy to, to your work. And it does go back to people. If you're overly stressed because the processes are not in place, it affects how you interact with mm -hmm. the people part. So again, all of these P's, are interactive and all right. of these P's connect with each other. Right. So now, in your P, you didn't have processes, you have planning. I had planning. So I wonder what, how do you, how do you approach that? So I guess it would be similar. So if it's related to the transaction, it would be planning who's gonna do what part and what gets done in the transaction, like what the steps are. So that was one side, but for me, I was looking on it, on a bigger scale, not so much transaction focused, but on my commercial real estate business, whether as an investor or as a broker or as an agent. And so for me, it was planning. It was what kind of people do I want to work with, right? Who do I want to work with? How many deals do I want to do? What type of deals do I want to do? And again, that planning for me was very specific. You know, who do I want to work with? I want to have a really clear picture if I'm working, let's say with investors, if I'm working with investors, I only want to work with investors who really know what they want. I don't care if they're first time business owners or first time investors, but I want them to have a very clear focus or clear enough that I can help if it's too broad of a picture, I can help them focus. But if they have no idea what they want to invest in, why they want to invest, where they want to invest, and they just have it as an abstract goal, then I need to have a conversation with them to help bring it down. So for me, it's planning who I want to work with, planning what type of businesses I want to do. Um, as a broker, it's what type of people, what type of agents do I want to work with? What type of agents do I want to hire? How, how do we work together? And then the planning is, okay, now how do I help those agents grow? So for me, it doesn't really matter what your goal is. It was the people, the planning, and then for me, it's the property type, right? I, and I get it. It could be product because this is generic to any business. So I guess if I were selling widgets, I'd want to know what widgets I'm selling. But here it's it came down to, OK, what what product do I want to work in? What type of property? But once you once you decide who are the people you want to work with and, and all that stuff, then how how do you how do you go about ensuring the type of execution that you're that you, that you want to achieve? So I would have a plan. So I have a plan like, OK, so if my goal is to work with this person, 
what do I need? What steps do I need? Because you can have processes, but if you don't have a plan on how you're going to use those processes, so maybe it's a little bit of both. So you can have a CRM. Right. You can have everybody. Yeah, most people have some kind of CRM. I mean, our phones are a CRM, right, if we right. want them to be. But if I don't plan on how I'm going to use that CRM or how many touches I'm going to make or whether they're all going to be just random, e you know, a, a drip campaign with yeah. ready-made emails or are they going to be purposeful? Am I going to say, okay, once a quarter, I'm going to make the time to take them out for coffee. I'm going to make yeah. the time to write in their kid's birthday or their anniversary or important date so that I can yeah. do a personal touch. I mean, to me, that's the planning side because I can have, to, to my point, I can have all the processes in place, but mm -hmm. if I don't specify how I'm going to use them and plan how I'm going to use them. I don't know if I'm going to use them. So I, I guess that's what I was thinking when you see to me. And when I hear you, I, I kind of feel like we're it's semantics. It's, it's, yeah, it could, I, like it I, I think we're, we're kind of talking about the, the you know, the, the same thing, you know, under a different guise, you know, right. because at the end of the day, we both want to achieve the same thing. We want to deliver great service. Right. And we we both know that, you know, you are who you what you consistently do. Right. right. And uh, there's a lot that you can say about yourself, but in reality, actions speak louder than words. And Correct. what you consistently do creates a brand for yourself. Correct. Right. And so, you know, in our business and when we approach it, we're, we're looking at those things. By the way, this people processes and product thing is a great dynamic for when we're talking to people that are evaluating the purchase of a business you know right. and we, we have an agent Rita Monem who is an expert at selling franchises right and she ran one franchise by herself so she really understands right. that whole she dynamic franchise, right she owned her own franchise so she understands the dynamic there and if you look at the way that the franchise is presented it is presented in that same manner and so, you know, what are they evaluating, especially if you're buying already a franchise that is established and a, mm -hmm. and a, and a store that is already mm -hmm. online, as they call it, is tell me about the caliber of the employees, how long they've been there, you know, productivity, you know, what's going on. Then you're looking at processes and then, of course, the product. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they'll go on the product first because that's what it's attracting them. Right. And then they look at the other things. So it has a lot of permeations and a lot of applications, but it's a great way to gauge your own business in the third one you have product i have you know um no, you have product. i mean i, I have, have product property. you have property okay so tell me about that so for me the property is okay once once you know the people in the in the process and you have a plan what what's the product what's the specific product that the person's looking for yeah. and how does that product relate back to their goals, right? Because mm -hmm. you always want to make sure, and, and that's where the, the listening and the relationship comes in, is somebody can say, you know, they're going to say that they want a warehouse and they want it here, but maybe as you listen and you go through the planning and the conversations with them, you realize, okay, they thought they wanted to be in... I don't know, Wynwood, but they really want to be in West Kendall by the town Miami, you know, by the Miami Executive Airport. So for me, it's, you know, relating that product, that property back to what their goals are and then doing a deep dive. So, yeah, your your whole idea of local market knowledge comes into play 
in there. But at the end of the day, what they're really trying to do is they're buying a physical asset. So yeah. it's really doing a deep dive into that physical asset, what they're looking for, et cetera. So yeah. again, it might just be semantics because with market, right. you're looking at asset classes yeah. too. But. I think that that is an important aspect because, you know, we don't control our product, you know. And so for me, the, the only thing that we can control is our know-how of the product within the confines of its location and the qualities that we know the market is looking for and that is attractive to the marketplace. And so, you know, to your point about, you know, being the hyperlocal expert and, and really understanding not only the product, but more importantly, what is the intended use by the person that we're serving? Because ultimately, again, everything goes back to the person, right, right? Right. And so some people just focus on a product when they're in this industry and they say, well, this is all that I do. But, you know, I like to say that we're here to serve people. We're not here right. to serve properties per right, se, right? right? right and right. so, you know, it's important that we always keep in mind what that goal is. Let me ask you, what sure. out of those three... Yeah. Which one is most challenging for you? Processes. Okay. Are, mine are mine too. Mine is the process and plan. And I would yeah. guess for 90% of our listeners, I would guess for the majority yeah. of our of our listeners, um, it would be the process and the planning. Why do you feel? For me, because I hate planning. It's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. It means I have to sit down. Yeah, I really have to do a deep dive and think about what I want and right. how I want to accomplish what I want and yeah. what I need to do to implement what I want to use to help my clients or to con constantly right. keep in touch with my friends and family. You know, it's like, yeah. it's super intentional, you know, going out and meeting people, it's natural. Like I love going out, I right. talk to everybody, I drive yeah. my kids crazy. They're like, we're in right. line at the grocery and store. You're you you know. naturally curious about the product. Correct, and, and I love, I feel like, finding out about the product or market it's like detective work you know i feel a little yeah. bit like colombo i get a dive and it's just tons of questions but planning and process is difficult so what i thought was pretty interesting and i had a feeling you were going to answer this because yeah. we're planning for next year and i know how tough that's been for both of us putting yeah. stuff on our calendar like putting stuff on our right. calendar to right. me is like Oh, that's a big commitment. What if something else comes up that day? Well, big deal. You move it, right? But I think right. those kind of things and the, and the consistency, too. Yeah, so I why know. you? At the risk of this being a therapy session for us. <laughs> no, no. I'm going somewhere. <laughs> no, for me, this. no. For, uh, uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what it is for me. For me, is the letting go of controlling every aspect of every interaction with the with my clients is that's where the hesitation comes from sometimes that hesitation is very obvious and sometimes it is a bit subconscious but is are we presenting the property the right way are we communicating the right way or did we use the right approach you know it's am i conveying you know really how how i see things my biggest concern is that forever the brand was customer service, right? It's the level of service. And, and I know that in order to scale, there are certain things that you have to let go. And that that is very scary for me. And and I want I want to point you back to the book. I know we've sure. had conversations and you said, yeah, but yeah. that's different because that book is more for if you have employees and we have independent contractors and it's not the same. And the book is Leadership at 100 Feet. 
And I want to thank Ines Hegedus Garcia and Avantiwe for giving me the book. I'm, uh, I've, got, I've gone through it twice already. And it's uh, written by a bunch of retired Air Force um, generals and captains. I mean, very high up, long, long years in the Air Force and service to our country. But one chapter, the last one, really resonated with me. And it's by retired Major General Rob Palumbo. And I didn't pick him because his name begins ends with a P. But he outlines his recipe for success. And it's six steps. And guess okay. what all six words begin with? With a P? The letter P. <laughs> I mean, I can't make this stuff up, people. When this stuff falls in your lap, it just means that you're meant to do an episode in your podcast about it. I want to go over them really quickly mm -hmm. because I think his six P's for success actually all address the middle one that we have a yeah. hard time with. So his six P's are plan, and it's plan short and long-term goals with periodic updating. Don't be afraid to ask others for help and advice on your plan. And it's a continuous process, which is I think is why most of us kind of put it off, because it requires thought-provoking time and effort and constant updating and calibrating. Passion, I think, is easy for both of us. Um, passion is once you have a plan, you must put your whole being into it, mind, body, and soul. It must be your focus each and every day. Passion never takes a day off. And I had to, that was, for me, that was a direct quote. And for me, that was the easy part of planning, right? Passion, because if, I mean, I, I love what I do. I love who I work with. I, I'm never bored. Um, so I thought that was easy. Persistence was another one. He says, persistence is essential to sustain your passion and complete your, your plan. Setbacks, failures, which we talked about in a previous podcast and other successful people talk about learning from your failures, mistakes, etc., are inevitable, but you keep on track and persist to stay on track and get back on. Never give up, learn from them. And that reminds me a little bit of the little engine that could, no matter how many setbacks, keep going forward. Don't let it bring you down. I think you and I are pretty good with that. We might beat ourselves up a little bit, but we tend to just shake it off. What did I learn? Apologize if it was our our failure and then move on. Perfection, this is you. I think this is why you have a problem. <laughs> because I, I, I'm, I am definitely not, I don't try to be perfect. I need to always try to strive for it. But he says, and he, he said that that was one of his biggest issues growing up was that he wanted to be perfect and that it's hard to be perfect in an imperfect world. So what he says is perfection, always strive for it, but it's okay if you fall a little short. Striving, striving for it will still make you better, even if you don't achieve it. So relish your accomplishment. And we also talked about this at the Avanti Way event, right? When we were doing the goal setting, they're like, what is the benefit of not achieving your goal? And I kind of reeled them in by saying, oh, that's not an option. Failure is not an option. But if you recall my mastermind group that I had, we always set crazy goals. And in setting the crazy goals, a lot of us made it to our crazy goal, which we never would have imagined we would have made it to. And in and the ones and those of us who didn't make it to our goal did way better having that crazy goal than we would have just saying, I want to increase my sales by three percent. So I think that was that was a really good point. But so perfection. And I think that might be why you don't want to let go. 
that could be. Yeah, I, I I think the another way to put it, and, and I think, you know, I could, I could totally see it, but I've never seen myself like as a perfect, you know, perfect in what I do, but I do want to give it 100% in everything that I do. So mm-hmm. what I struggle with is that I want in every interaction and in everything that I do to be a hundred percent present and that's a very hard thing to pull off because you know you just don't have i mean you're you're one person you don't have the ability when you're trying to, to scale when you're trying to scale yeah. it's it's very difficult so you know p- part of it is also understanding that there are moments in which people need you to be present and then there are times when other people can maybe even do a better job than you mm-hmm. in providing that that service and and that is a much more scalable mm-hmm. approach but yeah I, I i completely agree i mean i famously you know nitpick about the marketing pieces or right. you know the way that things are worded yeah absolutely that mm-hmm. that that part i completely understand mm-hmm. and that is a perfection well and i think i think to your point if 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 you can find a way to make some of the processes that you need to put in place scalable still sound like you still be like you but maybe not be so individualized you'd find that they still work and that the people on the other end of that aren't going to notice the difference because it's still you and you're still going to be accountable to them right so so five is physically fit it's nourish the three pillars mind body and soul Mm. and he says without that he never would have been able to achieve the previous four p's because he says it's so easy to get wrapped up in your head and if you get wrapped up in your head and you don't take time to spend with your friends and family and loved ones and just take some time off you don't get the insights and the energy to recharge and think think things through and then his final one i love that's what i started with on the other one which was fun and he spelled it p-h-u-n and admitted that he was a lousy speller but i'm glad he tried to bring that in and he basically said enjoy the journey like if it's not fun is it worth doing right? right and and right. if you have fun along the way it's just gonna make a yeah. imperfect world that throws curveballs your way, way a lot more enjoyable instead of just being yeah drudgery so what do you think about his yeah. six p's no, for I, the plan I, I like it that that makes a lot of sense i mean i prefer if it was three Me just too. because we love <laughs> we Me love too. the rules of three but yeah. uh yeah. but yeah i completely i completely get it yeah yeah and, and i do think that there's an element of fun that the the fun part is um often overlooked and i think that there is a lot of value in that you know i think that when you're working towards a crazy goal you're going to work long hours it's important for you to have a, a great sense of humor mm-hmm. and to find some fun in that process because otherwise then you know no no what was that uh, line that famous line from the movie nobody likes a dull boy or i don't know you're the one who has a great memory for movies not me not me all right so are we ready to wrap up this episode yeah, with a fun I, fact, I, or did I, you want to hit anything that, else? Yeah, I will say that I, I like shortcuts. I like um, ways in which to um, compartmentalize and process information. And, you know, I do want to reiterate this idea of the rule of three and this idea of the, of the people product processes or to your point, people planning and, and property, uh, more specific to real estate. 
What I like about that is that, you know, oftentimes we get bombarded with information. It's not oftentimes, guys. It's every day we get bombarded with information. The amount of emails, the stuff that you find online, uh, there's a lot of fighting for our attention, especially in our industry because there is so much data that drives our industry and, and, and more significantly so over the last, you know, five, ten years. I find that it's important to have some sort of like a, you know, a translator or, or a funnel by which you process that information. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, our friend David Abernathy calls it buckets, you know, like yeah. there, there's like a few buckets and everything has to go into a bucket and you shouldn't have more buckets than you can handle. You know, I, I'd love to hear from people to see how they apply their own, you know, their own shorthand to right. processing information. Technology moves at such a faster speed than. Uh, than we can adjust to. And so I think it's important for us to have more of those conversations mm-hmm. and to apply more of these shorthands like the like the three Ps. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we did this. So guys, if you have a cool shortcut that's no more than three buckets, bullet points, steps, whatever, please feel free to comment and share and share your knowledge oh, with everybody else um, on yeah. this podcast. I think it would be awesome. That would be fantastic. So really quick, since we started with Cookie Monster, I decided my fun fact, of course, would be about cookies. So the United States cookie market size is expected to grow from 12.7 billion this year in 2023 to 14.25 billion by 2028. That's a compounded annual growth rate of 3.8% during the forecast period between 2023 and 2028. And that comes from Mordor Intelligence Group. And then my other one, real quick, just to tie it in, was the top cookie franchises, according to (laughs) topfranchise.com. And I was really disappointed that I'd only heard about one of these, but Great American Cookies was one, Breadsmith, Whimsy Cookie Company, Crumble Cookies and Eileen's Colossal Cookies. And the picture that I saw online of the line outside wrapping around the block of Eileen's Colossal Cookies really made me want to find one. <laughs> well, <laughs> did you find it? No, I haven't looked. I don't. I was going to say, I showed up to the studio. The studio. Yeah, Showed up to the studio today. Cookie less. There was no cookies here. No, that was on purpose. Um, my stat is only one, which is that, you know, I was I was searching around the Internet for what is a good metric for customer satisfaction, because if, if everything is about the people that we serve, right, and the growth of our business is based on that. So the processes, the product, everything is there to serve that to to that end. You know, I was looking at and, and listen, you will find a million websites, right? They say top 10 metrics for customer satisfaction, top five metrics. But there's one that consistently is at the top. And it's probably the only thing that matters and it's called the NPS the net promoter score and really it is how likely your customers are to recommend your company to others and I think that that is talk about just focusing on one thing if there is a path to growth right in in all of our businesses it is to focus on that NPS and the more people in your database are part of that NPS they they you have a high net promoter score or people are willing to recommend you, they'll speak about you in the rooms that you're not in, right? Then that is a, a surefire path to growth and success. So that is my fun start that's, of the that's day. That's a good one. And it's gratitude month. 
right? That's, That's our theme of the month Absolutely. is Gratitude Month. So we want to thank our listeners for listening as we go no on doubt. this uh, no journey. Doubt. We're having fun. Hope you're yeah. learning something. And I, I love uh, absolutely. Um, we're very grateful to those that are listening. And when we run into people that tell us that they're listening and they, they share something about one of the events. And also we want to thank the people that have uh, joined us and been interviewed and have been willing to do. And those that are, that are, that are coming up, we have a lot of great people coming on, um, you know, for the rest of this year, but definitely we would love to hear from you, your comments. And, uh, we, we very much appreciate you. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great day. And until next time. Until next time, this is Between Two Chairs. Thank you for pulling up a chair. Brought to you by Sesame Street and Cookie Monster. (laughs) Brought to you by the letter P.